0: So be able to hear me I'm just talking, facing it from here. I would imagine if you keep it there. Yeah. Do you think that's fine? right there? Or
1: do you think it needs to be? I I keep it about twelve inches away. So like, if you don't want to just. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. It's bend over. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> all well, right here. And you can,
0: yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well.
1: So, capital conversation. So in this podcast, we're talking for about fifteen-ish minutes. So if you're going to keep time. Yeah. Um. So if you will let us know how much time has transpired, we're just shooting for 15 minutes for this one. Um, We may or may not cover all the things that are on here. I will introduce us. You know, this is Capital Conversations. I'm Colin Day. With me today are two portfolio managers, Ryan Potts and Joe Anderson. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing great. And then, okay, cool. (laughs) Well, today we wanted to have you on the podcast to talk through, um, you know, recap of the year 2023, but then also looking forward to 2024 and what our thoughts are so i want to have the portfolio managers here because they've got a pulse on the market etc and so forth and then which one of you wants to start
0: oh i don't care do you have a question to up for us or is it yeah what, what, is it okay if i do it on my phone
1: that yeah it's fine okay. yeah so depending on the question Twenty twenty three. so let, like let's talk about 2023 who, who wants to give their uh commentary about 2023 or something like that I'll start with you and just pivot You turn that off. I'm already dying. Sorry, because I've been the one that's been running back and forth. All right, there was one other thing I was going to say. Try not to bump the table, because it's very loud, and it will rock everything over there. Um, There's one other thing I was going to say. Oh, talk to each other. Talk to me. Eye contact. You can look back at the camera. You know, Talk to the camera. Smile. That kind of thing. All right, are we recording? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, you ready now? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Capital Conversations. I'm Colin Day, certified financial planner professional. With me today, Mr. Ryan Potts and Mr. Joe Anderson, our two portfolio managers. Ryan, Joe, how the heck are you today?
2: Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well.
1: Appreciate you
0: having us on here, Colin. Hey. It's a new year. I'm excited. Chiefs are in the playoffs. They are. It's a big thing. <laughs> That's all I can think about right
1: now. It was cool that you guys decided to, to join my Cleveland Browns uh, in the playoffs this year. So, you know, congratulations to you all, I guess. Uh, but today we're not going to talk football um, uh, as much as we might want to. What we're going to talk about today is a little bit of... A recap of 2023 from a market perspective, but then also looking forward to 2024, what we think maybe some opportunities are, or maybe some interesting storylines that we as a firm might be interested in and maybe how that might, uh, you know, how, how we handle our client accounts and how we work with individuals. So, uh, Joe, we'll start with you. When you think about the year 2023, major themes, big storylines, things that you think are interesting that we, we should recap and you know, bring all of our viewers and listeners up to speed on, what, what do you got for us?
2: yeah well a lot of stuff happened in 2023 Um, a lot of chaos a lot of volatility it was really a fun year and a tough year for a lot of uh, investment managers um we saw a lot of big swings in the market we saw a great fourth quarter rally that made all the numbers look really good at the end of the year so just for some some raw numbers you know the s p 500 was up about 26 percent. the dow was up about 16 percent we didn't see nearly as much uh, growth in terms of the international and the emerging markets. Uh, the aggregate bond market was trending down for the third year in a row until the last quarter. Um, before last two years, it had never been down back-to-back years, mm-hmm. so the the bond market really kind of settled out. Um, we've got quite a few topics to really touch on here, but uh, at the end of the day, it was, it was a pretty good year. It was a lot of rebound from the end of last year. Uh, if you look at the last two years, however, the markets are flat or down depending on which ones you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not necessarily out of the woods yet. We uh came into the 2023 and the majority of people on the street did that re- recession was rel- relatively imminent. All the major uh, historical indicators are pointing towards it, but we haven't seen it yet. Uh, right. Doesn't mean we're out of the woods. Historically it happens about 7 quarters after most of those indicators trigger and we're uh, in cur- quarter number 7 right now. Oh really? So
0: interesting. Interesting.
2: Um Ryan, you want to talk about uh, the Magnificent 7 and
0: yeah. Uh, just to piggyback really quick, too, on the volatility and everything. I mean, entering 2023, everyone was expecting recession, slowdown in the economy. Uh, it never came. And the story kind of played out throughout the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, we saw the uh, regional bank crisis in, in March, and, and you saw kind of interest rates fluctuate quite a bit in the second half of the year. And, you know, you saw a peak in the 10-year in October at 5%. And uh, really, that rally in the fourth quarter um, had a lot of correlation uh, to interest rates and really what they did in, in the market expectations. So. Um, like Joe said, it was a volatile year, and, and uh, you know, tough to forecast as it always is, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we tend to lean towards the long game with our clients and make sure that you know, hey, we're helping you uh, stay invested for the long term and, and meet your financial goals. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, the Mag Seven really carried the market last year. Um, by the Magnificent Seven, we're talking about the seven largest stocks within the S&P 500. Um, they really accounted for the majority of earnings growth and mo- much of the uh, appreciation that we saw in the S&P 500. I know we talked about it this morning, but, uh, you know, the S&P was up 26%. The mm-hmm. rest of them, uh, you know, the MAG-7 was up close to 75%. The rest of the market was only up 10 um, So if you account for the 10%, the rest of the market did, the MAG-7 kind of carried uh, the market in terms of about 16 17% of the return. So.
1: Yeah, and if you were to maybe clarify just uh, for the listeners, the Magnificent Seven, who are they? Yes. And, what con- and maybe what is the theme behind uh, the, the industry sector that they might be
0: concentrated in? Absolutely, and, and I'm going to pass this really.
2: So the Magnificent Seven was originally the FANG, um, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, um, what, NVIDIA, or no, it was Netflix, Netflix, and, and Google. Google. Yeah. Um, they've added in uh, Tesla, which I don't know if that's still in, if they removed it. Um, they added in NVIDIA and Microsoft, uh, Microsoft is one, you know, one of the top two or three biggest companies now in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really just kind of bloomed into basically big tech. Yeah. So it's the largest companies that I'm sure you all know about, and uh, you know they've, they've done great. They've done fantastic. Um, we're a little concerned with kind of the valuations on them now, Colin. Actually, they're mm-hmm. uh, they're trading at the highest valuation since the tech bubble. Obviously, Apple and Microsoft are in totally different scenarios than the, they were back in 2000, uh, where they weren't making money. Now they right. uh, Apple's got 200 billion in cash just sitting there that they can <laughs> use it at any point. But you know they're definitely definitely very expensive. Um, and kind of continue on that subject, uh, we saw the biggest growth versus value return spread of almost 35%. Um, and that was major- mainly due to the Magnificent Seven, um, which are all classified as growth stocks.
1: Yeah, right. And, and it, it, I would say that if we expanded the, I know this is a 2023 recap that we're talking about right now, but if we were to go back just another 12 months beyond that to the beginning of 2022, and if we were to maybe um, give more context to the growth in 2023, how would have those, same seven, or, or let's call it the S and P five hundred, would have performed over the year twenty twenty two when we compare it to a good year like twenty twenty three.
2: Yeah, so actually in 2022 it was uh, mostly the exact opposite. I believe value yeah. stocks were down about seven percent. The Russell 1000 value, um, where the Magnificent Seven and, um, and the Nasdaq were both down over 33 percent. The Magnificent Seven closer to 40. Right. So you right. definitely see bigger swings when you only have seven companies all in the same same field. There. So <laughs> another reason why diversification is key.
1: Right. And, and like uh, you know, Ryan was talking about this this morning. I mean, it's it's the that concentration fact that you know, hey, there. As the seven go, so does at least the U.S. Yeah, stock good. market, right? So, I mean, so much of the earnings are just based on those seven where the other, what do we call that, the 493? The 493. The, 493, the, four, yeah. the rest of the 493 were growing at about a 10% clip last year. So it's really important to understand not just the fact that, hey, this is why we preach diversification uh, in our accounts, but also to smooth out that volatility so that we feel like we're focusing more on the plan. We're focusing more on the ability to meet our goals based on the portfolio allocations that we've discussed with clients in the past, as opposed to saying, all right, we're just going to shove ourselves into something else that might be the hot ticket at the time. Um, What about internationally? Uh, what, what, What do we see internationally, guys, in regards to... You know, when we think about you know a big economy like China or more developed, uh, you know, Western Europe countries, where where do we think we fell on the uh, on the international side?
0: Yeah, I'll take that one. I think international has been a very interesting story. Again, thinking long term here, uh, over the last two decades, it's lagged the market predominantly. Uh, I know a lot of advisors have kind of this home bias, where uh, you know a lot of advisors that I've talked to outside of our firm are actually cutting internationals out of their portfolios. Hmm. Um, you know, we saw that same story continue last year. Internationals lagged the S&P 500 and really all domestic markets. Um, that's why, you know, at Correct Capital, Joe and I, we typically focus on the highest of quality companies in those markets. What I mean by quality is, is really we're just looking at companies that have um, high profitability, strong balance sheets, strong valuations. Um, and, and predominantly those companies have fared much better than the rest of the markets. But you see like China last year, um, you know, there, there was a basically a credit crunch within their real estate market and a lot of slowdown within their economy. And so, um, you know, if you look back to 2022 and 2021, you did see a lot of, uh, I hate to use the word hype, but a lot of hype around China and a lot of people kind of flooding that market. Um, you know, we've always been on kind of the, the skeptical side of that and mm-hmm. we remain, you know, positioned that way going forward as well. Sure. Okay.
2: Yeah, to piggyback yeah. on what's going on with China, um, with the one-child policy they've had for so long, the uh, Census Bureau, the World Census Bureau is expecting their population to be down to 800 million. They're about 1.3 billion right now um, mm. by 2100. Uh, the closest kind of example you can look at in history for that would be Japan, who's been basically flat. They almost got to all-time highs from 35 years ago. Mm. So uh, deceleration in, in growth and deceleration in population is definitely not a, a, a pro. Um, you know, We've been very light on China as a whole, However, um, there, there are a lot of other different areas in the emerging markets that, that look great, specifically in Latin America, mm-hmm. where you have a lot of the uh, population coming into, uh, out of the third world, into the second world, getting access to internet, getting access to cell phones and everything else. So mm-hmm. there's definitely opportunities out there. Um, China, again, is one that we're gonna be very leery on, probably for the foreseeable future, I would imagine for years.
1: Okay, very good. Not to shift gears too much off of uh, what we're discussing with 2023, but uh, last thing, just to maybe do a quick recap, when we go back to March, we talk about all those regional bank failures, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, amongst others, that, that story, at least from what I read, and I think all of us you know, are pretty active participants, at least reading material in regards to how stock market uh, economic conditions are changing over time, after, I don't know, the summer, I feel like I didn't really hear much about those banks anymore. Are there other fears, are, are you hearing any other stories in regards to financial services in general as a market sector performing well? Going down? What, what do we what do we think as we think about overall economic conditions and uh, more specifically on, on regional banks?
0: Yeah, I, I think that it's a, actually a really interesting story and kind of compelling. Um, and we can look to Q four as kind of a guide to maybe what is to come in twenty twenty four and going mm-hmm. forward as well. But. Um, In in terms of the the bank crisis that occurred in March, you know, we think that that problem was squashed uh, in terms of the Fed came in and provided a ton of liquidity, Mm -hmm. basically saying that they're willing to bail out anybody at this point uh, to try to save the financial market, per se. Um, You know, a lot of those companies that did go under were terribly uh, balanced in terms of their sheets. They had a lot of bad debt out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And when rates were on the rise, they just weren't positioned for it, and that's essentially what broke them. Yeah. Um, But really, going back to Q4, and to your point, I mean, we didn't hear about it until you know, after May, you didn't hear about it the rest of the year. Uh, But from a valuation standpoint, from maybe a potentially attractive investment, Mm -hmm. um, banks look kind of interesting right now, because a lot of the strong banks that are still around, that are well diversified, that have strong businesses, um, they continue to operate, and they are doing it at a lower multiple maybe than the rest of the market. Um, and you kind of saw this run up in Q4 of, mm-hmm. of uh, the financials that um, was very compelling relative to the rest of the market. So not to say that, you know, yeah, you go dump a b- bunch of money into financial services right now or anything, but more or less, just keep an eye on it. And I think we find it to be maybe an interesting spot going into 2024.
2: Okay. And, you know, when you, when you have an area that's down, say, I think it was down somewhere around 10% in 2023, that looks a lot more attractive than something that was up 20, 30, 40% in the last year. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, Silicon Valley Bank, especially the big one that everyone talks about, their biggest issue is they put a huge bet on long-term rates, so they jumped and bought a bunch of 30-year Treasury notes, which once the interest rates went up, they went down 30, 20, 30, 40%. Mm -hmm. And then people found out and a liquidity run happened. Um, Really a lot of just mismanagement in terms of the risk management teams at at the few banks who did have a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't see that continuing to be systemic. We don't think it's going to continue to go forward. And we think that the valuations on a lot of those banks are very cheap uh, because a lot of people haven't still realized that hey, U.S. Bank is still you know going to be doing just fine.
1: Okay, very good. Well, let's let's shift to 2024. All right. So Joe, maybe we'll start with you. Um, so you got a lot of bullet points here, <laughs> but let's think about maybe the storylines that we'll be following maybe next three six months. Anything of interest. Of course, there's things that are interesting what are the things that are interesting you the most when we think about maybe the short term in 2024 what, what are some of the things that you're looking out for
2: uh shorter term uh, actually today bitcoin launched their first etfs from uh, 11 different etfs which is a big big change a lo- long time coming um don't want to get too far into the weeds with it but uh definitely something that we're going to be watching seeing how money flows in and out see how people access it mm-hmm. um definitely be very interesting to keep an eye on our biggest uh, thing that we want to keep an eye on is pretty much inflation we want to see how that's gonna end up over the next quarter or two, and how the Fed reacts. Mm. Um, towards the end of the year, obviously we've got a presidential election, which can really kind of move what, uh, what does well in the market depending on different policies and everything else. So we'll be watching that as we get a little closer, probably towards June or July, once we uh, have a little more firm understanding of, of where everything sits. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we're continuing to watch the unemployment numbers, we're continuing to watch uh, the savings numbers for households. And uh, really interesting is gonna be earnings here in the first quarter. Uh, there's a lot of earnings that are expected, even though I think Ryan and I are both a little more conservative that we don't think they might not hit the, the numbers. So um, long story short again, the Fed and inflation is gonna be the key.
0: Yeah, let me add to that just really quickly. Sure. I, I think the biggest thing in the short term for us is over the next three to six months to um, just interest rates, where the Fed goes with them and how fast they get to where the market thinks they're gonna get. Um, this is a big story for us kind of as we speak internally here at Correct Capital. But if you look back in, in 2022 or 2023, um, you see interest rates play a big factor on the way that the markets performed. Um, and if you look into kind of August, October time frame, August, October, you see interest rates on the rise substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, when the 10-year peaked at 5%, we saw the market kind of bottom at that 4,100 number. Um, and pretty much right after October 17th. Interest rates fell to 3.8, and the market rallied up to 4,800. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for us, the way the market shifted in terms of their expectations for interest rates has led to a lot of the frothiness that we've maybe seen in the in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, if the Fed isn't able to pivot as fast as people want them to or expect them to, we could see some volatility in the market in the short term, especially if rates continue to climb the way they are.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and then looking a little bit farther. You know, we're not prognosticators here, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. What, what are some of the other things that, you know, again, because we're, we're, we're long-term focused uh, investors, I, I think it's fair to say. I mean, most of our clients are those people that are nearing or in retirement that need the investment management help, that want to reduce the volatility over time to smooth out the returns so that they can be consistent in their outflows, making sure that they have long-term success. You know, when we think about that, when we think about the long-term focus, because we are worried, of course, about 2024 and how things are going to perform, considering the storylines that you both just shared, but how are we positioning our clients for success past 2024, you know, when we think about the kinds of investments that we're putting ourselves into, uh, as well as our clients? what What do we think about maybe going a little bit farther even to twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, if we were to go out even further? what What do we think about when we're putting together a portfolio for those clients?
0: You know, I think when we're building portfolios for clients, The most important part is is that we're keeping them involved in the markets long term Mm -hmm. um, and that we're also focusing the portfolios around their individual goals and needs. Um, So Joe and I have positions in the market. We have uh, opinions on certain sectors and allocations and, and everything. But the long term goal for us is to get our clients to meet their financial needs. Um, and you do that by staying invested long term and not panicking and, and, and uh, you know, potentially selling at a bottom or buying at a top. Um, so we focus on long term asset allocation and making sure that their portfolios are aligned with those um, goals. So sure. different time frames, different risk tolerance, everything being taken into consideration. Right.
1: Joe, anything to
2: add there? Uh, it's pretty much just risk management. You know, stay invested. Historically, you do incredibly well. I think the stat we went over today is if you've been investing in the market for 10 years and a rolling period, you've made, everyone's made money. You never lost money. Um, now, with that being said, you know, we are gonna we, are, we do really we're really attracted in the value space, we think that they're very cheap, we're mm-hmm. very attractive in the small cap space, they're trading historic spreads between valuation. Um, but again, just stick with your plan. It might not beat them beat the market or the index every year. But you know, we want to make sure that we can take out as much of the, the peaks and valleys in our clients by being
1: well diversified. Yeah, okay. Well, I think that is a great place to end this particular podcast. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, Ryan, um, Joe. Thank you, John. Well, we'll, of course, have you guys on probably at some point in the future, I think. Uh, But I appreciate you all watching or listening to this. However, you are digesting uh, Capital Conversations. And until next time, take care. Okay. All right. Thank you.